if I don't find anyone, I'm going to throw them in the street. And I'm like, no, you can't throw them in the street. Then I said, listen, mom, give me a few days because... Welcome to Paws and Perros. If you are a dog, cat, or animal lover, this is the show for you. Have you ever wondered how to foster animals, how to begin an animal rescue or pet-based business when you don't have the time, or simply how to become the best pet owner out there? Well, search no more. My name is Raquel Sid. I'm from New York City, Dominican-American, and I've been fostering since 2018 with no formal dog or cat experience. Each week, I'll deconstruct the world of animal rescue. You'll get to hear from me and the amazing people who are saving furry lives, impacting humans, and how you can do it too. We need more doers in the world, and this podcast will equip you with the how so you can focus on your why. To our cuddle friends, this is for you. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of Pods and Perros. Today is a very special interview because we actually have a listener who's joining us and going to be sharing her story of how she helped save a dog named Millie. We have Elizabeth Melendez, who grew up with dogs, and she currently has two fur babies at home. And connecting with the podcast motivated her to save Millie. And I'm just so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Uh, thank you for being here. And again, just thank you for being a loyal listener. I have told you this in private, but I just want to give you like public recognition in that I really appreciate when you give me your recap, like the what you've learned um, through an episode, because it just really, it really lights me up, especially because with the podcast, it's not like I can hear with you as a listener. We're not like in a live show. So you giving me that feedback is always like so nice. And it always comes at the perfect time. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to begin with, how did you find out about Millie? Okay, so my mother goes back and forth to Puerto Rico, but she really lives in the States. And so she was in Puerto Rico during this time. And her cousin, who had two dogs, was sick in the hospital. And so it was not looking good for him. And at that moment, um, my mother said, we need to do something with these dogs because they're not being taken care of. And I'm here, but I'm going back home soon. So eventually the cousin did pass away, but there was a, a crunch time where my mother was leaving in a week and I was desperate looking to get these two dogs rescued. It was um, a female and a male. Okay. And so my mother thought that the one Millie that got rescued was the male. And the one that passed away was the female. And they ended up being both females. Wow. And so you were, just to make sure I'm understanding. So you were in Puerto Rico, to, like visiting with your mom as well, because you had this cousin. No, I was here in New York. You were in New York. In New York, when she told me about this problem. Oh, and so she tells you about this. You have one week. And I'm sorry to hear about your cousin, by the way. Thank you. That already is stressful. And so then mm -hmm. I guess your mom is sharing with you. And there's two dogs that he or she is leaving behind. And she doesn't, she can't leave them behind because she's going to lock the house up. At that point, she said, if I don't find anyone, I'm going to throw them in the street. And I'm like, no, you can't throw them in the street. Then I said, listen, mom, give me a few days 
because if we can't find anybody, then take them somewhere and let them put them down because at least we know that they were put down and they're not, you know, walking aimlessly in the streets of Puerto Rico, hungry or beaten or whatever the case was. Yeah, especially because they were house pets. They were his house pets, right? Yeah. And so that's when my whole adventure began. I started with ASPCA in New York. I left the messages and nothing. They wouldn't get back to me. And time was of the essence, right? And so then I said, I don't know what to do. So then I started hitting the ASPCA in Puerto Rico. Left messages, nothing. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to look for rescues in Puerto Rico. I went on Instagram. I found maybe like 30 different rescues. And I started DMing them all. My problem, my problem. This is what's going on. I need to get these dogs rescued, yada, yada, yada. People would tell me, no, we're full. Are they vetted? And I'm like, vetted? What does vetted mean? I don't know. So here I am Googling these words. And then some people spoke only and wrote only in Spanish. And some wrote in English. And some of the words in Spanish, I didn't understand. So now I'm here Googling Spanish words too. So as I'm sending messages, I remember one of your podcasts, you said you have to also vet the rescue places because some of them are not safe. Some of them are not like legit. Some of them use dogs for training purposes. And so I started doing homework too. And I started vetting all these rescues, making sure like they had good, like a a good amount of reputation. Like I yelped them, you know, to make sure like there was um, good reviews on them and things like that. And at the same time, I'm getting no's, but I'm still vetting them. Then um, one of the uh, uh, social rescue said, why don't you post it on Twitter? Well, I didn't know nothing about Twitter. So I have my son come here, help me with Twitter. He tweets it for me and he opens my accounts because he said, your accounts have to all be public. So Facebook, we turned it public. We turned Twitter public. We turned um, Instagram public. And he tweets it on his page and, you know, we're getting feedback. And all three, some of them, some of the feedback was really negative. It was like, why did you let those dogs, you know, go that way? Like they look horrible. And at first it was like a letdown. Like, I'm like, I'm asking for help. Like, why are you coming at me like this? I'm from New York. I'm, I'm not in Puerto Rico and I'm just trying to help these dogs. Yeah. And they're not your dogs. Yeah. There was like a misalignment there. Yeah. Like they, you know, it's not like they were under your care and you're like, save them. But they were blaming me. At first I was upset, but then I said, you know what? I'm just going to tone them down, you know, tone them out because they're just people who are just talking. They don't know me. They don't know my situation. So that's what I did is down to like maybe three days before my mother's leaving. And one of the dogs escapes and doesn't come back and like she's running around like she'll walk around and but she doesn't get back into the house and because she has some disease called mange or something oh on her skin yeah mange i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly but yes it looks very scabby no one wanted to touch her to bring her back 
So I'm like, mom, please, please try to get her. Like, like, can you lure her with the food? They were trying, trying, nothing was happening. Then a rescue hits me up and they said, we're going to take them. And I'm like, both of them? And they said, both of them. So that morning I'm calling my mother, mom, they're going to take both dogs. You need to stay at the house because, you know, it's going to be hard for me to explain to these people how to get there. You're in one part of Puerto Rico and they're in the other part of the island. And so my mother says, well, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what? She goes, well, the, we found the other dog, the dog that escaped a car hit her and she died. So I was happy that our rescue was going to do it. But then I was crying because it was just hours away from being rescued. So a a car hit her and she died. She was a much older one too. And she was in poor conditions. Both dogs were in very poor conditions. So hard. This rescue place, and they had a good reputation. They come, they pick up the dog, and they tell me, this dog is not a male, it's a female. And she had a litter. And my mother said, I didn't know. And they said they could tell that she recently had a litter. Oh, wow. And they were like, where are the puppies? And my mother's like, I don't know. And they were like, what's the name of the dog? My mother said, I don't know. That's my cousin's dog. And at that point, he was in a coma. We don't know. So, oh, let's take it back. My mother was supposed to have somebody drive the dog to Loquillo. But that person said, no, we're not going to put that dog in the car. It has that disease. So that's when the rescue told me they would pick him up is when I was like, oh my gosh, it's like working in my favor. So they came, picked the one dog up. They said it was a female and it had puppies. We didn't know where the litter was. We don't know what happened. And we didn't know the name of the dog. So then the lady said to me and my mother, because I'm on the phone with her. Well, your mother's a sweet lady. She gave me $50 to to help for gas. And I told her, no, 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 because we're like a nonprofit, whatever rescue thing. But I told her, I'll take the $50 and put it towards her care. But because she doesn't have a name and your mother's name is Milagros, we're going to name her Millie. And so... This lady named Karen from Paradise Rescue and Puerto Rico took her. She was a very scared dog, but she was happy to have been taken out of that environment. And Karen from that rescue didn't want to put her in the shelter because she saw that she was a very nervous dog and she felt the loud barking. So she took her home. And she bathed her and she bedded her. And eventually, Millie was flown to Chicago. From hot Puerto Rico to cold Chicago. She went to Chicago. She went to a rescue there. And after a few, like everyone wanted her. But, you know, I think they go through a process. So finally, whatever process they went through, Millie was adopted and is in a forever home in Chicago. It was, and she was adopted in December. 
That was like my Christmas That's gift. That's beautiful. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's so much to unpack there. One, shout out to your mom for cooperating with you and doing this long distance rescuing. Shout out to Karen for saying yes. And look how many you had to reach out to. And for many reasons that we could go into, you know, one of them being, yes, there a lot of these rescues and shelters, they're just at capacity. They may have not even, while some say no, some might just not even answer you because they don't have the bandwidth to go through the emails. And so amazing that Karen's organization, um, I, I don't know if she's a foster there or a volunteer or what exactly she does. I think she's a uh, volunteer. Okay, so amazing that they had the capacity and were willing to take both. And that must have weighed really heavy on your heart to have you were so close to having both rescued and then one but you know just in that scenario of running away and cars and everything it's like it's hard if a house pet gets exactly. out they're not street dogs a street dog can you know that has gotten accustomed to living in the streets and, and and being with cars and all of that um wow so i'm curious liz what kept you motivated in this week because i'm sure you have life you know you have children you have all these things what kept you like motivated to wanting to do something because you could have said oh i reached out and nobody got back to me but what like kept you motivated your podcast is everything i learned from your podcast and i just wanted to give back and i didn't want to give up and i just kept praying and hoping that somebody will come through. I mean, like there was a lot of obstacles. Some rescues wanted me to get her vetted myself. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not there. My mother is an elderly woman. She can't take this dog to a vet and my mother doesn't even drive. So it was obstacle after obstacle until Karen from that rescue said, no, we'll do it. Wow. Okay. That's such a beautiful, I'm going to like mark this clip and I need to listen to this on a rough day is that <laughs> you were inspired, um, you know, just as you have been listening the course, like that means so much. Like if it were to all end today, I'd be like, I'm happy that I inspired one person to take action. That's literally like the whole goal and is to the capacity that the person can. This experience, I'm sure let you get an insight insight into rescue and like all the work and help that's still needed because it's like not enough resources, like not enough resources, not enough resources, not enough money, not enough people. It's sad. What was your mother's so Milagros? Oh, so she has Natasha's mother's name. So for those listening, Natasha is my best friend. Um, what was your what was Milagro's reaction to you? Like, did she have any pushback during the week or any like was she supportive? Like, what was her reaction that week while she's she just kept saying, you know, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I just said, Mom, just give me a few more days. And then we have settled to give me a few more days if we don't get anyone by like maybe two days prior to you leaving, then take them to the vet and put them down because it's not fair to the dogs. First of all, they had that disease. They These dogs had never seen a vet. They needed to be bathed. God knows what's going to happen if you throw them in the street. So my peace of mind would have been just, yeah, get them rescued, of course. But the second one was then put them down because we don't know how bad they were. When Karen rescued uh, Millie and it turned out it was just like they cured the skin disease and she's like so happy and playing. I don't know about the other dog though, because the other dog was in really bad condition. She was, it looked like she was older. I don't know if she could have been saved or not. Okay. 
I mean, things, I guess, work for a reason, happen for a reason, they say. Sadly, that's what was meant to happen. That's what happened in, in her, you know, getting mm-hmm. hit. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with, with mange, but what I do know about it is that it is a skin condition. I know how it looks. And if I'm not mistaken, there's like two, there's different types. There's one that is contagious and one that's not. Yes, I'm pretty sure like that's what it is. So like one's contagious, one isn't. And so, but what I have heard is like, you can get rid of it. You can get rid of it. And it it would have been very sad to just, because if they would have been on the street with that, nobody would want to touch them unless like a rescue or an animal lover would have bumped into them. Exactly. And I guess Karen could tell that it wasn't contagious because she just went to her van and grabbed the blanket and took her. She did tell me, oh, she's bleeding because when they she first picked her up she was bleeding like on the chest but it was she was scratching okay so much that it caused like her skin to start to bleed but she picked her up with a blanket and took her in the car yeah wow and took her and she brought her home and she had another dog in her home oh look at that so now millie from puerto rico is all the way in chicago now yeah sometimes they they like for privacy for those that adopted they might not share this but do you know anything of like her new home did she go to a family a single house okay they did tell me this they didn't share pictures they said they didn't have any and i didn't want to keep pushing i know she was adopted and that she has a sibling meaning another dog oh my gosh what a like a beautiful ending and like all the best of luck to Millie and then just like thank you to you and also your mom for uh, you know partaking in this because it's already stressful to begin with you're literally in New York and your mom's in Puerto Rico and then so you're adding this distance all the unknowns from how old is Millie like I don't know I don't even we don't even know her name or anything so yeah there was a lot in there so I commend you both yeah like I didn't know whether uh she was fixed they asked those type of questions or did she was she, did she have vaccinations I didn't know any right. of this like is she dog reactive it was was a big learning process like i learned a lot from it yes i'm sure it was a learning process and a half can you talk to us a little bit about how it has you view a rescue such as the one that karen volunteers at how does it have you view like the people that you know volunteer and work for those type of rescues? that rescue because that's the one that you know i worked with the most because they rescued her When I saw their Instagram and I saw how loving all of them are, and I still, I follow them on Instagram and all, and I see their, their rescues and when they're asking for money, I saw how much they care. Like the fact that she came from the other part of the island, which was like 45 minutes to an hour to pick this dog up shows that these people really care for these animals that are, you know, like strays or like their owner is sick and dying. And that makes it special that there's people out there like that, you know, they care. Yeah. And it can weigh heavy on their heart too. And I think um, people hearing this story too, I'd hope that they can get a slight understanding of why when you adopt, they tend to ask you questions such as like, have you had a dog before? you know, what hours are you like, they ask you questions that you don't get asked when you go buy a dog, because the rescues, they like, they really, really care. And it's like, after this whole process of rescuing Millie, and somebody's like, I want her if they're just like, okay, cool, you have the adoption fee. And then that's it. It's like you as 
you would be scared for Millie. Like, where is she going? Like, we need to ask this person questions. <laughs> and like, and, and that's why they do ask questions. Exactly. And, um, versus like a breeder. If you go to a store, like they barely ask questions. They just want to know, do you have the money? And that's it. Yeah, that's true. And I've, I've seen some um, Instagram accounts that I follow of rescues where the dog has been adopted and they return it back. Cause they, I don't know, whatever the case is that they're not happy or the dog is too, it doesn't mesh well with the family and then they bring it back. And that's so sad too, because the dog leaves and it's thinking it's going to its forever home and then it's brought back to the shelter. It is sad. What I do appreciate is that the most reputable rescues and shelters like will take the animal back with little to no questions like they want to know like is it because a dog bit someone that's important but like they're not gonna be like oh shame on you they don't do that because they want you to give it back versus be like oh, i don't want this dog and like just give it to somebody else or like put it on the street yeah so like they tend to oh. say listen you can bring the dog back or a cat if it doesn't work back it work out but it is sad because it tends to be a big celebration even internally as a team and then this dog gets it's like gets returned and you're like you feel so bad but um, for whatever reason, whether it doesn't, you know, I think sometimes uh, people who haven't had a dog as well, like you think you're going to have time and then maybe you're like, wait a minute, I didn't realize that I this would mean that I couldn't do X, Y, Z after work because I have a dog. Or like it's too much, like I have to walk it or play with it or, you know, and then I'm like, okay, I didn't sign up for all this, you know? Yeah, I have seen that a lot with like really young dogs because a lot of people want puppies. Then it's like I know for that puppy energy because <laughs> puppy ears are hard like they're cute but it's hard and so I do see that a lot with younger dogs versus like senior dogs are more chill if oh. you're looking for like a couch potato like that's it let's talk a little bit about your your dogs I mean you mentioned that you grew up with dogs so what has been like your like clearly you love dogs but <laughs> where did this love come from my father we always had dogs in a house the difference between when you have dogs with your parents when you're adult it's a big difference because your parents are the ones who take care of the dogs or take them to the vet or feed them you're like oh I have a dog but you're not there doing everything and my father was an animal lover we had chickens roosters we even had a pig once and this is in the city part of New Jersey but he was an animal lover we grew up with dogs now I have my I have two dogs, Chadwick, he's twelve, and Winston, he's five. But these dogs now, they're my responsibility. So it's different. Like, wow, now I see what my mother was going through. Bro, all the types of animals. We had rabbits. I'm telling you, we had a whole farm. Okay, well, that sounds like a fun childhood. Yeah, okay, so that instilled love in you. And yes, to your point, it's like when you have a dog on your own, it's so different than when it's owned by you as a kid because your parents take up the bulk of the responsibility. When anyone's like debating on whether to get a dog or not for their child, I that is something I I have them consider like okay are you okay because the child will be excited the first couple of weeks and they're going to remain excited but not excited to do the chores involved <laughs> so then it's like if you're getting it for your child are you okay with being the primary owner if you are then go ahead if not then no and um and i have seen that happen um you know in my family as well where like they'll get um somebody gifted a dog to one of my relatives and then like again like the child wasn't 
you know, after a couple of weeks, didn't want to walk the dog and didn't want to wake up before school to walk the dog. And so then the mom was like, I'm not taking care of this dog. And like that poor dog um, got bounced back and between places. Yeah, this was like 15 years ago or so, but I still remember it because it was such a beautiful dog and such a, a really good dog. At, at least I thought at the time and, and it still stands true with what I know today, but like I was way younger then. And um, but yeah, but sadly, that's what happened. And I think it's just that it's like going in and not considering or not looking into what does it mean to actually own a dog? And I feel like sometimes you don't know until you own one. So I'm like, okay, if you have a friend that has a dog, like ask if you could dog sit for the weekend and see how that feels or a week. Exactly. And still how a uh, dog sit is different from owning the dog because, you know, you have the responsibility of taking them to the vet. It's winter. They need coats. They need to be walked, fed. They're sick. They need their medicine. I mean, at least dog sitting gives them a little bit of an insight of what they got to do. Not that many things bother you if it's just for a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's yeah, true yeah. too. That's true. <laughs> that's like with children too if you're babysitting. So, you know, there's that. If you had to give advice to someone who's considering having two dogs, because you have two dogs, what's something you would have them consider that? I'll say this much. Having two dogs is great. We got the second dog because we thought the first dog was lonely. They're years apart. One is 12 and one is five. So if you consider getting two dogs... I think it's better to get them closer to age so they have sort of like the same type of energy. I also learned from this process that two dogs, they don't have the same characteristics. So one might be playful while the other one might not want to play because, you know, two people are different. Two dogs are different. And in my mind, I thought that they were both be the same because they were a dog. No, no, no. I learned that the hard way. When we brought the Winston in, the younger dog, Chadwick wasn't having it. He didn't want him near him or anything. So we had to divide the dogs in the house, separate them. It took over maybe a year and a half for Chadwick to warm up to him because Chadwick had the house for nine years and now you bring this dog in. And he, yeah. he wasn't happy. That's like an only child even nine years. Yeah. So like, wait wait like, a minute. So I always say, there. if you're going to do that, don't think that they're going to have the same qualities or same characteristics because they're not. They're two different dogs. It is expensive. You have double the you know food you have to buy, double the toys, uh, coats, whatever, fat bills. Get them closer to range. Remember that they might not get along, even if you get them close to range. It's like a, cu a married couple, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they don't get along. <laughs> yeah, no, those are some great tips. And I think that the personalities that might be different, even, even when they're the same breed, because it's like, they're two different dogs, just like two different people. I'm going to have my second baby soon. And it's like, I don't, I'm, I keep wondering, like, how is she going to be compared to Malu? Congratulations. So exciting. Yeah, they're different. I mean, you'll see, because I have a son and a daughter, and of course they're different. So it's just like we were saying, two dogs are different too. So don't think that you're going to get, if one is playful and the other one isn't, that's because that's who they are. I call them my odd couple. So, uh, Chadwick is Oscar and, and cause he's grouchy, but he's older and Winston is Felix. <laughs> so they're the odd couple. Yeah. Because 12 year, 12 and five for sure. Like 
12 already, like Chadwick is like trying to coast, relax. And then you have the five-year-old and Winston, which definitely is like, oh my God, I want to play. Like, what? What are you, why are you laying down? Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely can see that difference there. But yeah, I think expecting, just going in with like, expecting that they're not going to be the same and then that way the expectations you're not let down and you just plan for it and, and exactly you adjust. And that might be good you might not want two dogs with the same personality because that might tire you out so that might be a good thing liz my final question to you before we go into some rapid fire questions okay. is i'm curious i mean and already what you shared was so much so before listening to paws and perros like you mentioned that you learned about you know vetting a rescue and and just kind of um doing something as an animal lover is there anything else that has changed in your perspective about anything whether it's adopt own shop whether it's like oh I didn't know x before and now I know why um anything like that through your podcast I learned because Winston is a shop dog and Chadwick isn't and through your podcast I learned that you know adopt don't shop and I didn't know what these puppy mills did to these dogs and when I heard your podcast, I was horrified. And going forward, I will adopt, not shop. Especially after this rescue thing. Like, there's so many dogs that are looking for an owner. So I learned that. I also learned don't take pictures with wild animals. Like, when you go to these resorts and these monkeys. And yesterday, I saw this sad Instagram post of these elephants in India that they're they're keeping them in a sanctuary, but their backs fell off. Or like, their backs are sliding down because they have put four to five tourists on the backs of those elephants. And after years and years of doing that, their backs cave in. Like, that is so sad. So, through so your sad. podcast, I learned about that. I learned also one podcast you have about a dog that had a spine issue. And the lady said, don't put them down right away. Because I think her dog, I think she has wheels on the back of the dog. Yes. Yes. I don't know if it was a French bulldog. Because I know French bulldogs do have spine issues sometimes. And I know someone that their French bulldog got hurt or something. And they, it was a young Frenchie. It was like two years old. And she ended up putting it down. And I don't know if that's what the vet told her. And I'm thinking, I wonder if she had options to get the little wheel cart thing. So I'm glad I heard that because I mean, I don't want that to happen to my dog. But if it does happen, I know I have an option before I, have, yeah. I go put them down. So yeah, I learned oh God, I that, that from your podcast and many other things but those are like the three ones like I picked I love that so much you're referring to the episode I had with Bella uh it's Bella on wheels the Instagram account and it's a dash on um that breed the breed the hot for those of you like the hot dog dog <laughs> that they look and exactly I, I learned a lot too in that episode because I didn't you kind of it's good to know you have options because you can get a second opinion and things like that and so um that dog is still thriving and living and, course, and you yeah. know you just adjust yeah so oh my gosh and in regards to wild animals I remember one time you told me that you were away on vacation and I think there was like a monkey or like you told me you were telling your family that like no no don't, don't take a picture with okay. a monkey mm-hmm. that's not right mm-hmm. and before I would take the pictures with the monkeys I would take the pictures with the parakeets because I didn't know so your podcast educated me a lot. And that's why I'm hoping that other people listen to your podcast so they could also be educated. Thank you, Liz. I really You're appreciate welcome. that. And same here, because when I was younger, like 
I've always been an animal lover. So then when we would go to the resorts in the Dominican Republic, like I have a photo, I think I had posted this on the Instagram. Um, I have a photo with a monkey and I have taken um, a photo with an iguana and a parrot. And it was always like, oh my God, Raquel, because you love animals. And I was young. Anyone who would see it would tell me. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, like I, I can be in proximity to this gorgeous animal. Like, yes. But that's why... It's like, then we learn and then we do better. It's like, that's why I'm not into shaming anyone because I'm like, I've been guilty of a lot of things and probably still am that I don't even know about. And, but then, you know, just further evaluating and learning from these other people that are working with them and being like, wait a minute, I never thought about that before. Like, if it's wild, it belongs in the wild. There is no humane way, unless it's like they grew up in captivity captivity and they're being like they're in a sanctuary right because then you can't put them in the wild they don't know how to since they've been raised in captivity but oh that's so awesome and you're having this rippling effect by just sharing as well word of mouth so again i'm so grateful for you thank you you're welcome just some quick rapid fire questions okay what is a small act of kindness that someone's done for you that you still remember to this day and maybe it wasn't it seems small to them but not to you i'm gonna say karen that she went out of her way into rescue because I was desperate and everybody kept saying no to me. So Karen from Paradise Rescue, Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. You'll have to share that with her. Shout out to Karen. Awesome. Yeah. Boy, did she do an act of kindness for you, for Millie, for your mom, like everything. So that's amazing. Is there a book, a resource, a show, a movie, anything that has like changed your life? It doesn't have to be animal related, but just a resource or a book that has shifted your mindset about anything. I mean, since we're talking about dogs, I'm Hachi. I don't know if you ever read Saw Hachi. And that's a true story. And I read the book and I saw the movie. So I'm trying to keep it all dog related now. So yeah. That story was so sad because that dog waited for him at the train station and eventually they built a like a statue yeah for him. It's a beautiful story. Absolutely. It, it is. is. You and should it... read it to Malu when she gets older. Oh yes. I yeah. <laughs> I low key like the books I get her and things, like a lot of them are animal related. And I'm like, no pressure, but it's just gonna be in your face. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Liz, the last question, if you could speak to your dogs, or it could even be Millie, or all of them, what's something you would okay. tell them if they could understand you? I'm happy that Millie came into my life. I'm happy that I was able to save her. And I'm I'm hoping, and I know that she is happy by the pictures and the videos that I saw when they saved her, when she was with the Karen. She was a different dog from when the pictures my mother showed me. She was my 2022 story. Your Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Liz, again, thank you so, so much. If people want to follow you or the rescue you rescued from, where where can they find? And I'll put this information in the show notes. It's Paradise Rescue underscore PR. Okay. Paradise Rescue underscore PR. Perfect. Thank you. And that is the rescue that Karen volunteers at and... Liz just wants to make sure that you all have that information because it they're always looking for donations. I mean, it really, I think sometimes we can get a little wary of places asking for donations, but it's all, it, it takes money to run because even the gas money that Karen has to utilize and mind you, she used that from her personal thing, but then mm -hmm. it's like, it takes that time away from the shelter or the rescue. 
Um, you know, that's time away from another animal that could be saved. And so it all takes resources. And if you cannot invest or donate money, then share, share the rescue. I think like that's amazing too, because the more people that hear about it, I personally never heard about them. And I've heard of a couple of them in Puerto Rico, but that goes to show how many rescues are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, yesterday, I think they posted some people came from the United States. I don't know. I guess they were on vacation or visiting and they went to the rescue to help them. I love that. Like a volunteer trip. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Okay. Liz, thank you so much. Many blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was beyond moving for me. Like, I feel like I almost have like, um, I, I feel like a natural high, like a natural flow of hormones shifting through me or moving through me right now. As Liz shared with me that my podcast, Paws and Perros, inspired her to save this dog in Puerto Rico. And like, as you heard, she had this time constraint, like literally she had to, she had one week to save this dog that's all the way in Puerto Rico. And she's like, she's not there. And there's one week, a one week timeline. Like it's hard to put a timeline on saving an animal because you don't know if you're going to find people right away, especially if you are not personally in rescue and you don't have the resources. So I am so moved that she was propelled to action and that is like my whole oh my gosh that's like my whole freaking point of having this podcast and I think um you know it's twofold like I always say it's one inspiring you all to take action as an animal lover and for me it's like in whatever makes sense for you so it could be volunteering it could be rescuing it could be fostering it could be doing social media whatever it could even be donating it could be sharing it's just I want you to take some action of some sort and share with you these stories to propel you to action. So that's like mission one, <laughs> goal one. And the second whole idea is you're helping me discover my journey in the animal world. Like, where do I belong in it? And maybe it is in sharing these stories. Maybe it's having my own rescue or sanctuary. Like, I don't know. And so you're going through that journey with me. And it was really beautiful to have her share that with me and know that, you know, I had an impact on just one person. And it's hard to know if you're making an impact, if you know, because I'm not like a physical rescue. So it can't be like 10 dogs this month were saved because of me or because of Paz and Perros. So when you as a listener, you share with me, like uh, it propels me into further action. So I'm so appreciative. I'm going to marinate in all this positivity. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you felt any warm fuzzies after listening to this episode or you haven't left a review yet and you enjoyed the episode or all the other episodes please leave a review it could be one to two sentences but leave a review on apple Podcasts. it's really the only way to help the podcast grow because the algorithm won't really push pause and perros unless it's like other people are reviewing it so if you're just listening but you haven't left a review um again the algorithm is not going to push it so please leave a review it could be something short and sweet doesn't have to be anything super extensive even if it's just you know i love it (laughs) I love it because, you know, it really helps out. So please leave a review. And if you so feel compelled, let me know that you have. I want to give you a shout out because your name on Apple reviews or like your Apple ID might not be your full name. And I want to personally thank you. So let me know. And if there's anything specific that you want to listen to or hear, learn more about, etc., let me know. También. Thank you so much, mi gente. Have a great rest of your week. 